and I had a friend earlier this summer text me to tell me that he had started using Google Calendar. I realized two things. One, I was the one he texted about it, and I was actually excited for him. I definitely admit that I have a problem with planning and worrying about my plans going awry. I catch myself getting caught in the busyness of day-to-day life, not looking ahead, not looking back, not allowing a moment to sit back, smell the roses, and trust that God has got it. As we are a society of planners and doers, I doubt I am alone in this. Am I right? I believe that this is part of the problem with the Israelites in the beginning of the passage. They've gotten so caught up in the political and physical upheaval from the promised land that they kind of forget that they can rely on God for a plan, and they do not always have to figure it out for themselves, and they do forget to look around and see what God has provided for them where they are now. God says, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Is it just me that hears that as a long-winded way to say, hey, you don't need to be freaking out right now. Sit back, smell the roses, and enjoy life a little while. I've got it. The Israelites' attitude is unhealthy and removes God from their lives as they remove their trust that he is there for them outside of the promised land and that he will provide for them wherever they may be. The need for connection is made clear as it says, pray to the Lord on its behalf. They may not be seeing welfare in their brief glances around them in the midst of being exiled, but if they rely on God, welfare will be there for them. God doesn't just provide for us in each moment, though. He has plans for the future, too. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. This is a piece of scripture that is more familiar with a lot of people. Personally, it is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It is meaningful, and there is a lot packed into it. Now, I will warn you now, I do not have time this morning to explain every little detail and question and comment that comes with this verse and this passage. There's a lot in there. It's packed. But here's what we need to focus on today. God knows what is going to happen. He has plans for us, and they are for our good, and we can have hope in that. The reason I am preaching on this passage that now is because I have seen God in so many of the crazy coincidence moments that have happened lately this summer and in this past year. Because I've heard so many testimonies about how God knew blank, or God worked through blank somehow, or he must have had a plan, many of which were with the people that I visited in hospitals and nursing homes this summer. And every time it amazed me how little things came together to show those people how God was working in their lives. This verse has been one of my favorite pieces of scripture to lean on since my junior year of high school. It gave me strength through the tough social climate of high school and gave me courage through the transition into college. Thankfully, Albion has been such a blessing to me that I haven't had to lean on it like I did then in a while. I will admit I had almost written it off as too cliche, too familiar, and, but then it, earlier this summer, it popped back up again. And I started to remember why it used to be my favorite. 
And then I started to see how many things that I had been and am experiencing every day that point right to this verse. This past year has been a wonderful example of how God has big, big, big picture plans for us to do his work and his ministry. For example, this time last year, to the day, I was running around Albion like a chicken with my head cut off because it was welcome worship and I was in charge. It was only me and my co-coordinator at the beginning of last year, and there was a lot to do. We were barely keeping chapel afloat. Many things were falling through the cracks, and chapel was running at bare minimum. But God still did amazing things through us and chapel. We gained many freshmen into our congregation, and the local United Methodist pastor, Jeremy, volunteered to give us a hand out of nowhere. All of the things that we had been praying for and hoping for were coming true and came true. By the end of first semester, we had five new freshmen on our leadership board, two of which are now the co-coordinators, as I am going abroad this fall and couldn't be there. They are currently running Welcome Worship this morning. And as the planner and the worrier as I am, I'm very surprisingly calm about them just doing it on their own. You can still pray for them, though. I know that God had to have a plan for that to happen. Candace and I were trying our best, but our best was far from perfect, if not, not that good. But God still worked in the hearts of those that came and became faithful leaders that will continue to help bring chapel back. God is always working for our good, and it is very comforting that in tough times we can trust that God has a plan for us to get us out of what we are going through, to get us to the other side. And there is not just one plan. There are plans, plural, maybe a bunch of them, a list of them, I don't know, nobody knows. This is an appropriate time to say, Lord knows. What we can know is that there is more than one, more than one plan. God does not give us only one, and if we screw it up, we are derailed off that plan track and cannot get back on. God has many plan tracks for us. We have choices. Sometimes our choices may not be the ones that God wants us to make, but we can trust that God will redeem our bad choices and affirm our good choices that bring us to the welfare that he has planned for us. I picture this as similar to one of my favorite parts of Google Calendar, that I can edit or delete any single event without any scribbling or mark left behind. It's beautiful. God does not hold our bad choices against us. He redeems them and forgives them and wipes us clean of them. These plans that God makes for us are all for our welfare and not to harm us. Some of you may have heard the phrase, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. God does not cause our hardships and sufferings, and he does all of this so that we can look to a future with hope instead of worry or dread. I am not saying that bad things won't happen if we have this ultimate faith in God. God does not want us to suffer, but he is there for us and with us when we do, and he has a plan on how to help us get back up. Speaking of getting back up, this past December, I was not just leaning on this verse when I broke my foot tripping on a curb in another country on our last night of the trip. I was across the world, or as I now measure it, 
three large airports away. I did not get it checked out there, so I limped through those three worst, three large airports and the worst pain I have ever experienced, and then hobbled about in the winter on crutches for a few weeks. As this was happening, I was tempted to get a little upset with God. It was this annoying situation. Why me? Why then just why? I worked to hold tight to the idea that there was a silver lining to my current dark cloud, and God had a plan to work it for the good. I was right, and this mindset really helped me keep a positive attitude through my struggles. But before it got all better, my cloud did get a little darker. Three weeks into my cast and crutches routine, I was diagnosed with having a blood clot in my leg, which led to a hospital stay and a prescription for six months of blood thinners. I had to work harder to keep trust in what God had planned for me. This led me to go see a blood specialist who diagnosed me this spring with three genetic blood clotting disorders that could easily cause many issues in my future if I did not know to take preventative measures for it. I cannot look into my future to know what it would have been before I got that blood clot in January and got diagnosed to see if I would have suffered from some greater issue, but I have faith that God had this plan to use this unfortunate event for me to find out about these disorders for a reason. A stroke or heart attack might just get in the way of becoming a pastor, and I believe that's God's big plan for me, so I, I think it's good. <laughs> I don't believe that God caused me or wanted me to break my foot, but he did redeem the fact that I did. How else could a simple curve three large airports away, not at the beginning of my trip, not during the brutal icy part of winter, not right before I had to go back to school, lead to finding out something that can save my life. Now I know that this story may seem like small potatoes to some of the huge things that I know individuals in this congregation struggle with. I know that when bad things happen, it can be suffocating, and that the dark cloud can be so huge, and you can be stuck standing too close to it right now that you cannot see your silver lining of God's plan. Maybe the dark cloud has passed, but you still haven't been able to find it. That's okay. When bad things happen, it is easy for us to get stuck in the hectic moment and to think that God isn't there, or not want God there, and push God away. The Israelites had done so by listening to the false prophets who were preaching a plan for the instant gratification in fighting for Jerusalem, but what would not be the best plan for the long term. God speaks to the Israelites about when they will be back with him in Jerusalem by saying, Then, when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. No matter what, God will welcome you back. If you are going through a tough time and you feel like you have been exiled from God, all you have to do is call upon him and he will be there, just as he has been the whole time, waiting for you to open that door again. We must put our faith in God working for us. And when you do, seek him. And in those tough times, he will be there. And those silver linings will have an easier time shining through. When you start keeping an eye out for those silver linings, it is amazing to see how God works even through the little things to make his bigger plans work. Since December, I have made a point to look for those silver linings and to see how God's plans come together. God is in the big things and the small things. He says, when you search for me, you will find me if you seek for me with all your heart. If you look for him in those tough moments, search for him working in your life, you will find it. 
but you can only do so if you trust in him and his plan for you with all your heart. He's there. Sometimes you have to look. Sometimes it is like putting together pieces of the puzzle, and sometimes it is like pieces are missing. But when you see just how intricate some of God's plans are, you will be astounded. I challenge you to try to take a step back and see the silver linings of God at work, redeeming the bad and setting you up for welfare. Hold on to this. God has plans for all of us. They are ever evolving, and no matter how strange or out of the way or inefficient they may seem at the time, they are to bring us good. You can trust in this and find hope for your future instead of worrying about every little thing by yourself. He promises that when you do come to him and trust your future in his hands, that he is there listening to your prayers and revealing himself in you, to you. You just have to bring yourself out of your own exile away from God to see it. We choose to be a part of his plan for us. Have faith in the Lord that he will bring us to welfare. And when we trust in him and seek for him, we will be able to see him working in our lives, for he knows the plans he has for us. Amen.